0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Photographer's Keeping It Real podcast. On this episode, I have the wonderful Phil Salisbury. Before we jump into that, I've just got you know a couple of little announcements. I know I said I'll keep all the intros really short just get into the guests. Each episode, obviously, is quite long, I appreciate. Just to give you a bit of sort of admin, P-K-I-R admin. Uh, so the next round will be opening soon. Um, I've got all the judges in place, so I'm quite excited for that. Um, another amazing lineup. Um, I'll start be announcing them over the next probably two weeks at most. Then the awards will open, um, but yeah, you'll get emails and I'll post in the Facebook group and social and all that, so hopefully no one will miss it. Um, we recorded this back in December, so yeah, there's a tiny bit of Christmas chat at the end in the members only, but um, you know, don't worry, you can skirt over that by all means. Um, but yeah, we're talking a lot about winter, the downtime and, and what we kind of do over there to try and be productive as well as, you know, having a bit of time for ourselves. We talk about thoughts on improving year on year. So one of my big things is, you know, obviously I'm back. I've just shot my second wedding of the year for 2023. So I'm back into shooting and I don't want to, you know, always just sort of rinse and repeat almost every year. So um, we talk a little bit about that and how we can kind of keep improving. Um, I talked to Phil about how he got started in weddings. We talk about how shooting at Blackpool Pleasure Beach taught Phil lots of transferable skills that he now uses in weddings, um, including sales and yeah, some of the sales techniques that kind of apply and, and how they're useful in weddings. Talk about showing personality, matching it to your copy and images across everything. Transitioning to full-time photography in your late 30s. Uh, shooting everything to find your style. Um, we also touch on couples portraits a little bit and, you know, do we think it's feasible not to do any at all? Um, so, yeah, it's a little discussion on that. For the members-only content, so if you are a member, um, remember to go and jump onto your link and you can listen to the full episode. But we talk, as always, about marketing, leads where Phil gets his work from and um, he's super successful obviously um, in terms of bookings and stuff. So yeah, it's a really interesting chat on, um, on marketing. Right. Let's just jump straight in then.
1: It's a that's not so good. Oh, yeah. Photographers keep it real, keep it real, cause we like the way that it feels.
0: Hey, Phil, welcome to the podcast, mate.
1: Thanks for having me on, mate. Much appreciated.
0: No worries at all. How are you? How's your week been? How's your year been? So where I I should preface this which we're recording in December so so yeah so if anyone's you know wondering (laughs) it's
1: December so yeah how's your year been? What's what's going on? How's the year been? I've shot my last wedding which is always a a bittersweet shall we say it's always nice to say it's now all in the rearview mirror from a work point of view we're in the same breath you know looking back at it and thinking oh god when's the next one and what we've got to look forward to coming up? That's always always a good side of it, shall we say? So, um, but yeah, it's been a good year. I've <laughs> I've had some very, 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 very happy couples, <laughs> shall we say? Uh, not necessarily just with their photos, or at least hopefully more so with the party aspect of it, and them enjoying themselves, celebrating with friends and family. It's always nice to see loads of people uh, reveling in celebrations. So yeah, uh, overall, really good year, mate. Really good year.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, like it's a weird period, isn't it? Because like say, you finish shooting and I'm like ready for a break. I know a lot of people are and I know, we, you know, there's a lot of chatting in the shoes and everyone's like just had a crazy like 18 months, two years and see so, yeah, everyone's kind of now like just ready for a break for sure. But then sometimes I'm like, I finish shooting now and yeah, I want a break. But then I'm like in a weird period where I'm like, right, well, next year, what's going to change for me? Like, what am I, you know, I'm happy with what I've shot this year, but like, am I just going to go in next year and do the same thing? Or, you know, I go to something like The Gathering, which we've obviously just been to, and you get all these kind of talks and this stuff, and you're kind of inspired, and I'm like, all right, yeah, but I'm not shooting now till like, March, so, you know, you've got to kind of, I'm trying to channel that a little bit to, like, what can I push for next year, and, you know, how can I not be sat here in a year's time, still, like, still feeling like, yeah, I've done a great job, my couples are happy, obviously, and I'm fairly happy with what I'm producing, but I know I can do better, you know, and blah, 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 yeah. so I kind of sit in a weird position in the winter sometimes, where I'm like, right, what, whether it's, you know, workshop or who can I speak to or what can I, what can I focus on my work for next year and try and improve while it's a downtime. And it's kind of hard, isn't it? And then inevitably I'll do all that and then it'll come to it and I'll be like back in, you know, sort of slip into that comfort zone almost of how I shoot and, and so on.
1: And then if that, yeah, very much, well. but that, that this sort of period, like you said, is, is sort of a downtime period, like reflecting on probably the last year and a half Downtime I think for a lot of people is going to be very much needed. I am certainly one of those and that's not a humble brag. It's more a case of just reflection on how much we've actually been through, how much we've done and how incredible it's been, but also how challenging it's also been. And a respite is most definitely needed. And it's something I didn't schedule in properly last this time last year, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So with it, downtime is definitely a priority for me, but also managing, keeping the plates spinning for want of a better term. As you said, as you mentioned, we've just been at the gathering, so that we got an abundance of information thrown at us in a very constructive way. But then, formulating it, taking from it what you think is appropriate for your business, and then sort of applying it. This is the period where you get to do it. So, as much as I want that downtime, and I'm going to get that downtime, I'm still sort of scheduling time to do things that are going to improve things over the next 12 months that might be diversifying it might be streamlining things there's a variety of different things that i'll look at but ultimately i'm not going to be sat behind the desk sort of between sort of eight and 14 hours depending on what <laughs> what the the midsummer look like for you with editing and so on and so forth it's certainly slowing down in that aspect and just taking a bit of time and stock to spend more time with the family for obvious reasons it's that time of year where you want to spend more time with the family Well. I think most people want to spend more time
0: with the family. I don't know. Maybe you don't. <laughs> Mine are two. My kids are two and one, so it's it does vary day to day as to how much. Uh, <laughs> they're very yeah. cute, and I obviously love them a lot. But um, and it's you know one of the bonuses of this job is obviously I get that time in the week with them, and you know they're not at school yet, obviously, and so that like I'm treasuring it and trying very hard to treasure it. But yeah, some days they do try my patience quite a lot. But um,
1: absolutely, mate. Yeah. My mine's fourteen. So I've been there and I understand completely, maybe not with two of them, obviously, but I understand completely where you're coming from with that. All well, I'd say is now that she's 14, enjoying being two and one and wanting to be around you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the, the way thing, there's a lot of <laughs> challenges. Yeah, you've got the
0: challenges. Is it, is it a daughter you've got? Yeah.
1: It is daughter, yeah.
0: Yeah, so right. yeah, 14-year-old girl. Like, I'm at, yeah, I imagine just different challenges, isn't it, then? and, and stuff. Yeah,
1: and, and ones that you think, oh, it'll be fine because I know I wasn't that much of a pain in the neck when I was 14, then I think... Actually, maybe I'm just getting a dose of what I was like. At that <laughs> age. The Kevin and Perry syndromes definitely kicks in. Loving, nonetheless, but yeah, she's a little bit more of a challenge at the minute. Yeah, uh, I can imagine.
0: So, what's uh, what got you into photography, Phil? Where have you all shot weddings? Is that all you've done? Did you shoot other stuff before? Like, what's tell oh me a bit about that?
1: What got me into weddings? Uh, this so this is year three for me in business, sort of four slash five shooting roughly and it all started uh when I went out for a nature walk about I can't remember it must be four yeah about four years ago ish not a massive I wasn't a massive outdoorsy person uh shall we say well I went for a walk with an ex-partner and my mum threw me a bridge camera and said take this with me do something with it and go and enjoy yourself, like just entertain yourself rather than thinking about going out for the walk. So I did. Took some pictures. And where I worked at the time was at an energy company. And the person I used to sit next to was the metering manager for the business, but he was also the photographer for Fleetwood Town Football Club. And he did. And he was just talking to me about, as you do, you get in on Monday morning, and you're like, oh, you have a good weekend. What'd you get up to? And I told him I've been out and I took the camera and he was like, oh, bring it in, I'll have a look. And I was like, oh you're yeah, right then, so I did, brought it in, showed him some stuff, started talking to me about the technical jargon, you know, rules of third, leading lines, the yada, yada, then asked me where I'd studied, <laughs> I just couldn't contain the laughter, what we say, and yeah, he uh, he was convinced I'd been doing it years, which was the biggest compliment I could possibly get, because I, 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 you know, I still think he's amazing at what he does, but at the time, like, he, was a pro- he was a professional to me, so saying something like that was a A massive, massive compliment. And um, he sort of suggested, well, more than suggested I do something with it. So probably like oh so many, I thought, hmm, maybe I can do something with it. Maybe I can't. I don't know. Let's have a play around with it. And I opened up a Facebook page and just started typing out sort of, you know, if anybody wants anything photographing, give me a shout. And I did. And it went berserk, mate. I can't put it any other way. Very lucky. I ended up shooting everything under the sun that you can possibly imagine seeing landscapes parties christenings headshots all sorts of stuff that eventually led to somebody messaging me saying would i shoot the wedding (laughs) and the nerves kicked in massively because i was like whoa this is a bit serious
0: (laughs) it feels different doesn't it like a wedding i don't know why it is but like so it's it's that once in a lifetime event type thing and it's feels yeah. like a really important part of someone's day, like life, doesn't it? The, the, that when they you think exactly. the photos are important and which obviously we know they are, but yeah, it just feels way more than like come take some pictures of my kid or a
1: bit of exactly. sports or like it's, yeah, it's weird, isn't the, it? The massive sort of pressure came with it. The, the, look, I say pressure, it, it is a pressure and, you, and for me, pressure is a healthy thing at a wedding as long as it's not unmanageable, if that makes sense. So yeah, with it, I think you should have an element of nerves, if that makes sense. When you go to a wedding, I think it's a case of you being aware that that's the case, but they soon sort of dissipate once you, once I've started. Yeah, the, the, when somebody asked about the wedding, it was like, oh my God. So I, I spoke to him and I said, listen, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it with as little pressure as possible as you can on a wedding. I'm not asking for any money for it. And a disclaimer, if it all goes Pete Tongue, I'm doing it as a favour that's the end of it you can't be upset with me and they were absolutely over the moon at the fact that I was prepared to do it so yeah that's that's the sort of how I fell into the wedding world there was a there was a brief period during I say brief period it was about a year and a half period where I ended up with a job that got me doing photography if that makes sense I say doing uh, shooting and that was at Blackpool Pleasure Beach which is a, a, a tale in itself because everyone goes to photography, but Blackpool Pleasure Beach, you want to ride? And I was like, no. There's like an interactive studio that's dotted around the park that interacts with all the guests as much as possible. So you get couples, families, massive group photos with all sorts of different things going off.
0: So they, well, do they come to you as like, can we get a picture kind of type of thing? Or are you like wandering around, asking people want pictures or what's the...
1: It was okay. both. Mm-hmm. And so some people would see you uh, and it was obvious what we did. Some people would try and avoid you, like the plague, because mm-hmm. the was taking. But yeah, we'd approach them and say, you know, can we get you all together? I don't know how familiar with Blackpool Pleasure Beach you are, mate, or not? Uh, I've been once when I was like
0: I wanna say ten maybe. And that's so, yeah, the only yeah. time I've ever been to Blackpool. But yeah, I remember it, it was like uh, it's cool as a kid, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know sure. what it's like as an adult. <laughs> but yeah, it's very much like I guess if you're if anyone's listening, they're not from like the UK, I don't know, but it's like so it's like a seaside resort almost in like a bit of a kind of theme park but by the sea and very of much like arcades and very yeah <laughs> yeah 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 it's not if you imagine disneyland it's a bit different probably isn't it i would say but a
1: bit different yeah it, it, yeah it's, it's a big okay. theme park that's a, a major attraction where we we're based but it has like a a fountain display area that I was based around would have music go off every sort of 30 minutes and the water would be like dancing in tune with it. So that was a prime opportunity to get loads of stuff with the fountains going off and families and all that sort of stuff with all the rides in the background. They gave you loads of different, different compositions that you could work on and stuff, but it was a high pressure job in the, from day, day one of training for it, you were shooting directly into the sun with off camera flash and there was no editing involved. So it was shoot to sale. So it transferred directly over to the booth, you take them over to the booth and they buy the image or they wouldn't. So you couldn't get, well, you, you could get it wrong because it did get it wrong because nobody ever gets it right. Mm-hmm. But it, The learning curve was so steep with it. It was ridiculous. But I have a, a background in sales. So there was a trade off between the two roles if you were, would. and the guy that started teaching me photography and the company was like if you teach us some degree of sales we'll teach you more of the photography and it was it was cool it, it worked very very well It more than served its purpose the people there were phenomenally helpful and without that there is no way i would have been doing what i'm doing now because i wouldn't have had the stepping stone the knowledge space to be able to to move into the wedding world should we say so yeah it, it was it's something I'll I'll always always remember as that was the transitional period to it completely
0: yeah I guess there's a lot of shooting involved now in isn't it It's so like non-stop just kind of shooting and yeah okay it might not be the most creative thing in the world but it's like like you say you kind of still got to learn the, especially off-camera fashion you still got to learn how to use the camera I guess and exposing right and using flash and stuff I guess it's still like elements yeah. and you haven't got time I say to to of do much with them so I guess it's
1: But there's an element, it's one of those figuring out if the flash wasn't working, why is it not working? Along with figuring out all your camera settings, bearing in mind I probably used the camera on and off, and that is very on and off, for about six six months before I went in the deep end and started doing it. So the pressure to keep a group of people in one place, having never really used flash before, and assess the issue with the flash if it wasn't working or what needed differently exposing so on and so forth and interact with them. I drew on so many different skill sets from previous jobs that it was, I I couldn't have physically done that job without having done what I'd done before. Mm -hmm. The average age of the people doing that job were a lot younger than I was at the time. And you could like, there was probably two or three of them that were a little bit older that you could see they were using life skills valuably to do the job people younger really really struggled with like multitasking the three different things if that makes sense mm-hmm.
0: yeah so I suppose you get you get the photo they then go to the booth and you've got to you like encourage them to buy Key rings I mean, and mugs or whatever it was that you did yeah, it.
1: Yeah, rings, prints, mugs, mm-hmm. digital uh, packages, all sorts of different things. Yeah, from that, it it, it was super high pressure to say you overexpose it, you underexpose it, and they're just looking at it like, well, why am I going to pay for that now and mm-hmm. zero editing? You can't make it look any better than it was. Mm-hmm. So, so if you're looking at my work now and whatnot, and you're thinking it's not quite right, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not exposed right, Phil. <laughs> So do you use any of that set? Do you use like sales background stuff now? Do you find yourself doing a lot of salesy kind of things when it comes to like the wedding stuff? Or you salesy.
1: Uh, so ironically, I was speaking to somebody about this earlier today. And there's an element of it for me that people buy from people. So for me, the biggest the biggest sell is being yourself and not selling yourself, if that makes sense. Being yourself, you will sell to people that are naturally drawn towards you and that's how you end up with the right people that you're photographing, if that makes sense. But then there's what I call the bolt on of how you sell the rest of what you do and when people see the value in that, and I don't just mean the initial you on the day, I mean the after experience and so on and so forth of prints, albums, pre-wedding shoots, if it's not part of your packaging, it's something you want to offer, all those different things. And for me, yeah, the skill. In sales, which I got from ironically from selling a multitude of different things. But ironically, the industry was gas and electricity that I learned the majority of it in. And um, yeah, and that was over the phone rather than face to face. So it's it's paid dividends, definitely. Yeah, it's a tough, yeah. tough sell that like phone sort of is it
0: cold calling or the audio customers, or whatever. But either way, like trying to yeah sell over the phone is, is hard.
1: Any industry, yeah. isn't it? But in any industry, I mean, when it's something such as gas and electricity. You've got to have it for the business, unless you're working outside all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, realistically, you're gonna have some sort of heating or something. But yeah, when it over the for me, face to face sales is a lot easier than over the phone. But then when you when you come to selling a lifetime product like we provide, you'll find that people buy from people, but they also for me, they buy my couples buy from emotion, one hundred percent. They they always will because of the type of people I I photograph, one without a shadow of a doubt. Mm-hmm.
0: That yeah are you conscious of that in your like wording on your website and how like the way you speak to them and stuff is it just does it just come kind of naturally like what's the um, i'm just interested because i i don't consider myself sales at all i think i'm terrible at sales and that so i just have you know i'm like one package here's the price yes or no and like i don't you know i don't overthink a lot of stuff after that and i don't know how much of that is how much of that works how much there probably could be a lot of work on the sales side done or you know, I'm just
1: interested in okay. this. I think like anything, mate. No matter how much you think you've got something nailed on, you can always improve it. What I would say to you is, this, this is not a plug for Go to com, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody was to read the word on my website, they would see it as very personable, very fun, very high energy, because that is what you're going to get from me on the day. It's going to be fun. As much as it's fly on the wall documentary, I become part of it with them part of the wedding it's not
0: trying to be really silent in the corner sort of thing you are you know you're trying to get the
1: unobtrusively inclusive is the best way to put it so i'm not the moment is most certainly not about me and if it ever was i'd be absolutely mortified if a couple thought that i've never ever had that experience from a couple but being present in their moment i am around it most definitely and that is For me, that's where I know they've invested in me as a person because they're happy to have me around them during those moments. So yes, going back to the, is it a sales thing? Yeah, it's a it's a sales thing. It's a branding thing. It's such a huge umbrella, but definitely the way that you speak to people via either the written or the written word or your photos, every single element of it is a projection of you and what you're putting out there to bring into your business. So it is a Even if it's not a direct, would you like to buy this? It is a, this is what I'm about. And if you like it, you're going to come and invest in it, hopefully. And if it isn't what you like, equally, and you don't want this, you won't come knocking for it. So ideally, you're going to get the right people. So yeah, sorry. It it is everything about what you put out there is sales for me.
0: Yeah, it makes sense. I guess, I suppose it is, like say, sales, marketing, branding, whatever you want to categorize it as. It's all under that umbrella, I suppose, isn't it? Like say, being showing what you want to shoot and putting out there like the wording and the way you are on socials or whatever is hopefully ties in with how you are in real life. And then people kind of fall in love with your work, meet you and fall in love with you and it matches what they're seeing. And then the end result is matching what they imagine and all kind of full circles, I guess, isn't it? But
1: Yeah. And, that, and that's one of the biggest things I've seen. And it's something that, that I jostled with for quite some time is like the wording of what you put out with the imagery For me, it it needs to marry up, especially when that couple are potentially inquiring and meeting with you because if it doesn't marry up, I think I'm pretty good with people. I expect people to be able to read other people as well as I read people. And with that, they will see straight through it. If it doesn't marry up and the intention and being completely genuine, honest and open about who you are, what you do and how you do it, then... They're not going to invest in you, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it just makes sense. It's funny, isn't it? Because obviously everyone kind of says, it. I think even when you say it, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. And everyone kind of nods along. And but then still sometimes not that easy to do, is it? Or sometimes it's it's funny how you kind of, you might get influenced by other people. You might think, like, I need to be this fun person if you're not fun, or I need to be this serious person if you are fun, or there's so just no, like, you know, it's, it's interesting. It? But I think when's one of the places you can get away with, like, being yourself and you will find those those people but it's I it guess a little
1: hard transition sometimes isn't it but totally like 100% be you completely genuinely you because if you're not and you're doing this as a job and you're in the privileged position to do this as a job and you're not being yourself you're not doing yourself any justice because you're going to end up hating that damn thing yeah it's probably not very
0: enjoyable is it I don't know I I'd find it hard to shoot. If I even if I think back now when I started, obviously I was just, you know, I was charging nothing basically. And obviously just shooting any wedding that came along and, you know, look back to that now compared to like even my clients now. And I'm still, you know, far from where I want to be. But, you know, you look at that and you think, yeah, those, I wouldn't have enjoyed, you know, I wouldn't enjoy those weddings now in the same way. And it's just, you know, when you hone in on that kind of ideal client or whatever you want to call it, it's, it does kind of just make the day more enjoyable and just makes the whole job more enjoyable and helps yeah. with that sort of burnout phase and, like, stuff like that, isn't it, when you just, you are tired, but you can kind of push through. You're like, you know, what? I know I'm loving this and, you know, blah, 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 so...
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think it's, uh, if you find a job you love and you'll never work a day in your life, but to me, you should want to work every day in your life if you're enjoying it. So it's, <laughs> mm. it's a potato, potato job. <laughs> yeah,
0: nice. So, selling gas and electricity or sales and, and stuff, and then the Blackpool Pleasure Beach, and then did you just... Sort of start transitioning, get enough weddings to then be like, right, I'm just doing weddings now, or
1: what's that? So whilst I was going through the Facebook page being open, uh, I was doing about eighty to ninety hours a week at the Pleasure Beach and with a young kid at the same time, and obviously a partner and a house to run. It was absolutely mental. But things slowly started to pick up. I say slowly, say things started to pick up. And I got to the point where I was getting, like I put that first body of work out, which is always great reference. And then it started to drip feed a little bit more. And it was about a year and a half that I did at the Pleasure Beach. So one and a half seasons, they have quite a weird season. So they don't run after November the 1st and they start about February the 18th, something like that. So like a three and a bit month period. But during that time, I was picking up enough work to reply to, and then, when I had that spare time, spare time in inverted commas, mm-hmm. I was shooting another wedding. And then I was editing it after I'd finished the little and had gone to bed. So, the first year and a half of me doing that, it was probably as hard as I worked post COVID for six <laughs> months until the <laughs> uh, back end of last year, which was absolutely exhausting, mate, said at very, very least. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm either going to, put myself in the ground with the amount that I'm working or I'm going to transition from one to the other. I was like, I'd worked in a full-time job for 20 plus years. So the idea of being self-employed was massively overwhelming. I was like, if I don't do it now, I never will. And I've literally just turned 43. So you can, (laughs) it it was a bolshie move. I was a late bloomer. That's (laughs) Probably a nice way to put it. Yeah, 39, the transition was massive, mate to be going and doing something like that but I'm so glad I did it because I wouldn't meet anybody like I have done through being in this industry there's so many people that I could sit here and thank endless amounts of people I'm not going to do exactly that but one thing I will say is that there's so many to say thank you for your help on the journey I've got to so far if I don't mention Ash Davenport, Mickey Studios and Mick i uh, probably not doing them justice. They were mentors that I took on at the beginning of the journey. And they'll attest to the fact that if you don't do the work, you don't get where I'm at. But obviously, the mentoring program was amazing, mate. Absolutely phenomenal. And I'd, not just for them, like for anybody, I would recommend a mentor. It's not fast-track to success, but it's a dang good direction. So...
0: Yeah, mate, like, yeah, shout out to those guys. I'll, I'll, I'll link whatever their educational stuff below anyway and stuff in the notes for everyone. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. they're great guys. It's interesting. And like, I suppose they say with the mentoring thing, it's just people who have sort of been there, done that. And obviously you've got to pick the right people and, you know, the people that kind of resonate with you, maybe their work resonates or their the way they run their business or whatever. And if you can find the right people and you're in a position to, then, yeah, it's going to make makes perfect sense. And they invest in yourself a little bit get that because they, they'll just be able to help me like look i did this and i would advise that and this is what we do now when we can help with you know seo or facebook blah blah, blah social whatever it is that they specialize in it's like all those little things that you can just save you a little bit of time i guess of making the mistakes yourself to then try and muddle through like i when i first started i was like i definitely looked at other people online but i wasn't really part of like communities like pkr and nine dots and all these things or like having a mentor or any of that and it was just like you just kind of muddle through a bit don't you? you sort of find these things you're like oh hang on a minute why didn't I just do this before and so yeah it can just it is oh, that's just great advice would you say for people starting out then apart from the mentoring side would you recommend like shooting everything trying to you know if they're in a position to get a job as a you know a Blackpool Pleasure Beach type thing or is that do you think it's taught you a lot that was beneficial would you say that there's a better route what do you think?
1: So, yeah, I I can't. Again, I know I'm sort of repeating myself maybe a little bit here, but I I couldn't do the job I'm doing now without having gone through the process that I did at Wabble Pleasure Beach. Would I say that you need, did you say, do I need, do you need a mentor or just, sorry, no, you said, do you shoot, would you shoot everything?
0: Yeah, would you recommend just getting out there and, you know, shooting everything? Yeah,
1: Yeah, I I would. The longer you've got the camera in hand, the more you're going to learn at a quicker rate, unless there's the element of, if you're doing the same thing over and over again, you never learn from it, then, you know, that's the definition of insanity, in it, sort of thing. But at the same time, having that camera in hand, as long as you're learning and developing all the time, you're going to get better at shooting, which is great that you'll take best, better pictures, but that's not your business. That sounds stupid. It's not just the photos. It's everything else in between. And so, yeah, go and photograph, portraits, landscape, you, whatever you can. But just remember that you need to spin those other plates to get that business up and running and sustainable because that's that that to me, that is probably the harder part than the photography now, if that makes sense. Once you've got used, not that taking photos is easy because it's far from easy. obviously in the 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 approach that we have and and that's something else I'll touch on with you shortly. No. But yeah, I think getting a sustainable business up and running constantly is much harder than taking the images much much harder there's so much to it that when you think i'm going to become a photographer you don't think about becoming a blog writer a marketer an accountant, (laughs) a network specialist because networking is a massive part of it as well so yeah for me it's yes shoot everything though shoot everything because then you'll find what you actually fall in love with and what you want to shoot more so that when it comes to the business side of it if you would that you only then, it sounds like you probably heard it to the cows come home, but then you show him what you want to shoot. So then you're going to attract the right people. For example, obviously I'm massively heavy on the documentary, but if I was just showing post couple portraits, I'd be getting the wrong clients and then I'd be like loathing what I'm doing. So it's, it ends up being a vicious circle.
0: Yeah, like it, it just makes sense, doesn't it? But you're right, like there might be people who like wedding photographers who actually want to shoot something else or you say you're starting to shoot and you don't know if you like, you might just think oh, I'll do weddings because it you know, looks like okay money and I'll just do weddings for that sort of thing. But you're not, you know, you might learn actually you love something else and there's so many niches, but like it's people doing amazing, obviously out there in business with every type of photography. It's just finding that what you love, I guess, and even down to the approach. Like you say, I say when I started, I was just doing whatever I saw online. I was doing all kinds of like tempting off camera flash and, you know, posing everyone and a bit of documentary here and there, a bit of everything and just not really... I didn't niche down almost to the documentary side for a lot, you know, for years, basically. Like it was, it took, took ages to even find that. And I know for some people that don't like that either, you know, they want the more editorial post side and they're doing amazing at that. So I guess I suppose, yeah, for me, I just learned it through shooting weddings, realize what I like to do and don't like to do, what resonates with me and worked out that way. And whether you do that or through a mentor or from shooting other things and, and realizing, I guess you, when you can find that, it's amazing. So then you can start that process of transitioning to shooting you know that style or that way i suppose and the, yeah cool talk a bit about approach then you mentioned that um talk a bit about like your approach today the then your style and are you doing couples portraits at all Are you're not like what's what's your kind of process
1: so i do do couples portraits i've had two weddings this year where i haven't done them at their request they're just like nope we're, we're cool with you just carry on with candids Got to say, absolutely love the fact that that was the case. God, I don't know how the industry is going to interpret this, but I'm very much just going to say it like, show sure, what you want to shoot and all that sort of stuff. But there's a lot of Instagram where people will pose, oh, post, sorry, show couples' portraits and they'll attract people that want that sort of thing, but they don't want to shoot it. I'm fortunate now where I've just had a couple that it is just me not taking people off for 20 minutes to do portraits. But it's an important part of the day for some people. And I appreciate that they will want that. So subsequently, I will do that. And I will give them as minimal amount of direction as I can physically give them so that I'm not controlling the environment unless it is absolutely not happening. In which case, I know they want that. And I can bring that element to it of giving them something to work with, whether that's fun interaction between the two of them and they're just nervous. And I have a variety of different ways that I do that. And that it tends to be just crack a joke to start with or maybe get them playing a game with each other or get start talk, talking about planning stuff for the future together or they imagine that the day had turned out and it's actually turning out. Loads of little different quirkisms, if that makes sense. But yeah, the approach overall though is as much as physically possible as it should be. Otherwise, why would it be talking to you? Very much documentary, mate. And I'd say 85, 90% of the day. And out of that, I I'd include groups group photos if people want them Uh, again i've actually had it this year where people have gone no we don't want any groups only the ones but i did have it and then on the back of it when i get them i try and limit them to say eight maybe ten at a push just so they're not stood around smiling directly at the camera but again it's a keepsake and a moment in time that generations might wonder who was at the wedding and why and all that sort of stuff so uh, there's an element of respect for that that you go, it's your wedding, that's what you want, it's not a problem. Just don't let it get out of hand and turn into three or four sides of A4, which I had in the early days. Mm. And I was like, never again, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, isn't it?
0: Do you think, oh. like, so obviously, I know you mentioned you had, you've, had, you've had a couple this year where you haven't done any basically nothing posed at all and you love that? Do you mm. think that's a sustainable Do you think it's possible to do like I know, obviously, I do know a few photographers who say they certainly don't mm. do anything like you know, any any posed at all, and I don't know you know, obviously I don't know if that's true or not. I'm going off what they say, but you think it's a sustainable thing. If you literally just basically say, I just won't do them. That's it. And if you don't want to book me because of that, then fine. And, and do you think you, you, you could get enough bookings doing that? Like I, I'm intrigued. Cause I, I don't mind. I don't totally hate the portraits. I, just, I, I could happily not do them for sure. I'm not that fussed with them, but I don't mind them sometimes. And I kind of accept that I might have to do. And, and I've had some this year like you, where they don't want any at all. I've done a few groups and no pose with a couple. I've done nothing pose at all. And then somewhere it's a bit more, you know, there's more pose than others, but it's all still very relaxed. But I don't know if I could book enough weddings where if I categorically said I'm not going to do any groups or any portraits, but I wonder if it is a sustainable thing or
1: think? My honest answer is I don't know. I can tell you that I've conditioned the way that I put myself out there more to attract more people that don't want that because I'm within a wedding day. I can and I don't mind doing that, but it isn't what I get a joy out of. So if somebody wants a really creative portrait, it's doable, and I, I still look for things like that, knowing that some people might want that sort of stuff, but if I'm to say to a couple, let's just say I got a client call tonight, and I'm like, yep, yeah, so this is my approach, blah, 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 and they go, oh, well, we want to sit around all day with 10 people on chairs with hats and canes, and I just be like, i I'm not the person for you, I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. So, would it be a sustainable business? I want to say yes, I'd be fearful that it would be a no. Only in that the proportion of people, weddings I've photographed this year, don't outweigh, sorry, that there are more people who have wanted portraits doing than don't, but that's just my experience. There's like, how many people do that, but don't shoot portraits? I actually don't know. But to make it a sustainable business, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure that, I mean, ultimately they're paying for you as a person, you as an artist and your interpretation of their day. But ultimately, if that's what the client wants, are you going to turn around and say absolutely not to them? I think it would be a very brave person that on a wedding day would say no to them in that essence. There's certain elements and times where I've told the couple that what they're asking for could be done but not necessarily there and then, and maybe fit it into a more appropriate timescale or location, but just to outright say no and build a business just solely around documentary with absolutely nothing structured, I don't know. Mm. Honestly,
0: Yeah, I feel like on the day, it's, it's too late, isn't it? You've got to, obviously, if they ask for something, you've just got to do it, have you, on the day? I feel like you could, I suppose you could, you could go very heavy on the, like, pre-marketing stuff, which I know we you sort of do a little bit anyway, but you heavy on that because I'm making sure even on the calls we are like just to let you know you know I'm just reminding you that I definitely you know I 100% don't pose a single thing and word it in a certain way I guess believe a book or they wouldn't on that knowledge and then right. you could work on that but yeah I just wonder I mean it'd be interesting to, to
1: but see I but... have quite a few steps similar to that now Scott where I've built it into the process so the main call correspondence final call before the wedding I even make a point out of saying just Tell your congregation to ignore me the best that they can. Don't look at the smi- uh, camera and smile, please. Just you you guess when the drunk will be doing that. Or oh, let's get pictures. And yeah, but okay, great. You're drunk, mate. I get it. You you want a picture. But the more they can ignore me, the better your photos are going to be throughout the day. I'll promise you. And and it it's certainly I've certainly found traction in that over the past season, definitely. That it's got a lot, lot better the more that I've put the groundwork in.
0: Yeah, so literally getting the couple to tell their guests or at least, you know, those close to them that, look, this is who we've hired and this is why and this is the start we want and,
1: yep. yeah, it's getting them on board as well. Especially walking into bridal prep and establishing relationships with other people in the room. I'll always make sure I've got a rundown of all the names of people that can be expected there. So if I walk in and I see mom, I know it's Janet straight away. Hi hey, Janet, great to meet you. I'm going to be floating around with the camera unless you need me for something. Just ignore me. And nine times out of ten, as soon as they see the camera either come out of the bag or on the hip, It'll you, you can, you'll know yourself, mate. They'll see it and you'll know they've seen it. And then it might take a couple of seconds and you'll know whether they categorically don't want you to photograph them or whether they're not going to be too fussed about it. Mm-hmm. Last wedding I had, Mother of the Bride absolutely wanted to hide from it every time it came out. And that's why I was like, maybe there's not enough underlying work being done with the bride where that would be the case. That she knows I'm going to be there, I'm going to be photographing her whether she wants it or not. But the majority of people now know and realize that come that stage of the day.
0: Yeah, cool. That makes sense. I suppose, let's say half the battle in the morning is getting everyone on the side, isn't it? And getting them to understand how you work and getting them relaxed and used to having the camera. I know I shoot quite close, so like, just getting them used to that and you know by the end of the day then they're not they're not as fussed with it and stuff so I guess the more education you can do is beneficial isn't it up front but
1: absolutely definitely 100% I think one of the top tips I got in relation to that was when you arrive at bridal prep I will always go to the bride straight away which 99.9% of us I imagine would do Mm -hmm. whether they're there or not and connect with her straight away or him, him, if it's a Mm same-sex wedding, so on and so forth, uh, just connect with them immediately and photograph them close first. So the rest of the groom or bridal prep are aware that that's what you're doing and they see how comfortable that person is with it. And hopefully that then snowball effects and they're like, ah, that's what he does and just becomes a little bit more acceptant of it.
0: Yeah, that's good. I think, yeah, I think, when you see like say the bride or groom or whoever of, of the couple that you're seeing first and you yeah, know when they see like you're straight in there and you, you're chatting you're comfortable with them and the camera's close but it's all fine and and they're kind of okay with it then yeah it probably does move those barriers a little bit doesn't it and yeah yeah nice yeah, it's that's a good tip yeah cool mate phil thank you so much for your time mate i want to talk a little bit about um marketing and inquiries and things like that and delving a little bit on the members only bit but we'll um We'll we'll call it there. If you're not a member and you want to join to hear the last little bit of the chat with Phil, please hit the link below and join up. If you are a member and you're listening to the full members extended version, then obviously you'll hear me chatting again in a second with Phil. But thank you so much for your time, mate. Where where can people find out more about you? Where where should we go and see more about Phil?
1: You go on my Instagram, which is Phil Salisbury underscore or philsallsbury.com. There'll be an about me page or Phil Salisbury photography on Facebook, or all all your social media channels. Or if you really want you can give me a bell and we'll have a chat i'm more than happy to speak to people via zoom or or over the phone happy to give my phone number out if you want me to do that and then anybody <laughs> can pick the phone up
0: mate. you are you are very like approachable i will say that i think it was good as the dear. like the 9 dots gathering is the first time i've been this year and um, <laughs> and yeah like it's good to it's good to have those people there though, that you just you know you can kind of go up to and you know you make them feel comfortable and you'll kind of chat and it breaks the ice a little bit with if you're kind of just wandering around a bit kind of lost and so there's definitely a few i would put you in that category there's a few people there who i thank know and i know are great to have there just for that sort of friendly nature almost and stuff like we've obviously never met in person before that but yeah so it's nice it's nice to have that i think it's a good personality trait thank
1: you much much appreciated well,
0: cool yeah let's go check out all phil's stuff yeah thanks again mate
1: no danger Thanks for listening to the podcast show. We hope that you did on top and go. Oh, halfway through the episode. We hope that you'll join us next time. That would be mighty fun. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.